Would you turn with me please to the book of Philippians chapter three. We'll pick up at verse 17 and we will stop at verse one of the next chapter. Paul was writing one of the tenderest letters he ever penned to a church that he was madly in love with. In fact, he called it his crown jewel. It's not like the church at the book of Galatians that were moved with false doctrine. It was a church like us that we had to fight some things in the natural and in the spirit, brother Wayne. But it was really a church that was just facing the daily cares of life. Children, grandchildren, cancer, sickness, trials. Sometimes because of that, you can become so worldly, not in the sense of sin, but just because you're earthbound, you have a worldly mindset. Are you listening? You view everything through a worldly lens. You see everything as a matter of life and death by the way a person, a earthly thing says instead of remembering that God is still sovereign and God is still in control. I want to preach on that just for a few moments. Don't get quiet on me now. Let's go to verse 17, please. When you have it, you can say amen. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Philippians 3 and 17, brethren, join in following my example. That's a sermon by itself. Paul was saying, do what I do. Join in, imitate me. And know those in this church who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that there are enemies. I love when they sung this song earlier about the cross. That they're enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is what? Destruction. Whose God is there? belly. I used to hate that scripture because I always thought people would look at me for being overweight when they read that scripture there. But what it really means is they're sensual. They're, they're fleshly. It's not really about what they're eating. It's about their God is the God of this world. Whatever touches or pleases their flesh, that's what they give themselves to. And whose glory is their shame? Who set their mind on what? On earthly things. Let's read some more. For our citizenship, somebody say citizenship. Everybody's talking about that word today in the government rims and America and around the world. Seems like all eyes upon us about what citizen, who's a citizen, who's here legally and illegally. Now, you know I'm not going to preach politics and anybody that ever preaches behind this sacred desk as long as I'm pastor, they won't preach politics. They're going to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. But I will tell you this, there's something about this word citizenship that I do want to preach about today. But citizenship I'm talking about is not here in America. It says, for our citizenship is in, oh, yes it is. For which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that is maybe conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Praise God. Watch this. One more verse. Say flip over. Stay with me. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. And the last verse here would say this in verse one. Therefore my beloved and lawful brethren, my joy and crown, stand fast in 
the Lord. The King James says, stand firm in the Lord. I want to preach just for a few moments. I am a citizen. Would you stretch your hand this way? God is in the house. Brother Mark Smith, where are you at? Mark, are you here with us this morning? So good to see you. Welcome back from Alaska. I know you brought me something back from Alaska, but before you give it to me, would you pray over the body that they will have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. You may be seated. My grandfather was one who was raised in the Depression. We were at the senior adult, adult retreat. I was sitting behind Sister Romel, Lada Milk, and a man got up and said that you won't know what G and Ha means. And I laughed because if you're raised on my grandfather's farm, he knew exactly what that meant. He was raised in the Depression, and he was a tight man that was a very tight man. He would, he would make a dollar squeak twice, if you understand what I'm saying. He'd always give us, I think I told you this before, every grandchild got $2 on Sunday morning. That was his tithe, I guess. He would give everybody $2. One went in the offering plate and the other one went to the preacher's wife. I don't know why, but that's just what he wanted, amen? We might even start that practice at North Walla. That'll make me happy, amen? <laughs> But he was tight. He was just a man that was tight. And then he would always, he wanted to go to Hardy's about once a week, maybe every other week. If we were working in the logging business, we were traveling, he wanted to go get a biscuit. And somebody told them, and I shared this at a funeral one time a year, somebody told him that if you tell them that you are a senior citizen, you will get this huge discount. And that's all my grandfather needed to know. And my grandfather was a loud man, uneducated, could not read or write, but started a family business with my grandmother that's still alive today and provides for my family. He was a smart man. He was not educated at a university, but I promise you he was educated. Do you understand what I'm saying? But on that time, we'd go to Hardy's and he would embarrass the life out of me. We would go and he would take off his hat. He wore one of those hats that some of the older men used to wear. And he would take off that hat and he'd put it over his chest and he would say this, good lady. I always called him good lady. That means he's trying to get something from them for free. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> good lady. And he would say this. He said, I, I want to get me and my boy here a biscuit, but I'm a citizen. It used to drive me crazy. I'm, I'm telling you because I would say, Papa, that's, we're all citizens. He would say, hush up, boy. I know what I'm talking about. And uh, he wanted that discount. And I would have to tell, he, he means he's a senior citizen. You understand what I'm saying? In fact, I shared that when I preached his funeral when he died. But he wanted everybody to know that he was a citizen. The reason, Joy, was this. Because if he was a citizen, a senior citizen, then he had special benefit and special privileges. There was something about being a citizen of that class that brought him special benefits and special privileges. When Paul's writing here to the church at Philippi, he is talking about some special benefits and some special privileges that only come to people of a certain class. Now you gotta understand here at Philippi, there were two class of citizens here. There are two class. And see, when we think about that already, somebody in their mind has already went to Republican and Democrat. They thought, thought about Trump or they thought about the left or the right or people being kicked out. And I'm preaching about none of that this morning. What I'm saying this season and at this time here in my life and your life, that I believe that the Holy Ghost would like to remind us that while the world is in chaos, and America's trying to find herself, you and I, the church, has already found ourselves. 
We have already found ourselves and we have already been identified to a certain class of people. And it's not an elephant nor a donkey. It's the blood of Jesus Christ and the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. In the spirit, there's two classes of people here. In comparison, and I pulled this up and I pulled Jose and I asked him some questions. In El Paso, right across the border in El Paso is a town called Juarez. It's about 13 miles apart. Somewhere yesterday, there were a boy born in Juarez and a boy also born in El Paso. At the same time, maybe, there were two children born. There's a difference though, Joy. The one in Juarez will not have the benefits of an American government. Why? Because of where he's born or his birth, he will have different benefits that's provided by his government. There are two different classes there. Same way, that's what Paul is speaking about right here. And I want you to remember that thought about Juarez at the end of the sermon. There's two people born at the same time, but because of location or identification, I should say, they have two different sets of benefits there. Paul was writing to the church at Philippi to remind them that there are two different classes of citizenship. There's an earthly citizenship which you identify with whatever you want to identify yourself with and then there's a heavenly citizenship that you can't make up your mind or choose what you identify with because to be bound or wrote your name down in heaven, you are bound by the citizenship where the governor and the president is Jesus Christ himself. We are identified by who he is and what he has done. Let me break it down for you. In chapter three, Paul's already talked about being accounted. He said, when I looked over my life as an accountant, I began to stack everything up that I had. Paul gives his bio. He says, I was a chief Pharisee. I was a chief of this. I, I have the best education. Everything about my life is better than yours. He said that, why? He said, because then when I compared it to Jesus Christ, I counted all as dung that I might know him in the fullness there of. He was trying to put everybody on the same level. I don't care your education or who your mama is or who your grandma is or how much money you give to this church. At the foot of the cross, everybody is equal in the eyes of Almighty God. That's what the word says now. Don't you get quiet on me. Some of you are uncomfortable because you think I'm going somewhere and I'm not this morning. Secondly, he says, you're like an athlete. He says, I want you to keep going. The enemies will come in in verses 12 and 16 like a flood, but you got to press forward to the high prize and the high calling of Christ Jesus our Lord. And then thirdly, this morning where I want to preach, he says to you and I, we're strangers. Keeping with the word A, we're aliens in a foreign country. He was writing to the church that he called his crown jewel, Isaac, to remind them, if you're not careful, you will view everything through the eyes of an earthly lens. And if you do, you can lose out on God concerning the power of your faith. What do you mean, pastor? If you see cancer through an earthly eye set, you will see it as something that God has done evil against you. But when you compare it to what eternity has for you, you realize it is is nothing in the eyes of God. That nobody in his house is promised tomorrow. That all of our lives are like a vapor. I may not have cancer, but a car wreck can take me out today. But I tell you what a car wreck cannot touch. My name has been written in the Lamb's book of life and nothing of this world can move my name out of that book. You say, well, Pastor, why would Paul mention about citizenship? I'm glad you asked. Because the church at Philippi has special privileges. They were part of a Roman citizenship, a Roman culture. And places around there did not have that same citizenship. So they were boasting of what they had in the natural and forfeiting what they had already in the supernatural. Had a preach. Hello? 
It might not preach here this morning, but it might preach here tonight, amen? Are you listening? It's the truth. While boasting of their citizenship, they were neglecting and forfeiting the rights that they had in the spirit. See, if you lean on who you know in the natural, you will forfeit who you have in the supernatural. If you want that job and you manipulate yourself to get that job, don't ask God to bless you with that job. You don't need God. And so when you get that job, don't thank God for it. You know, you lied, you cussed, you cheated, and you got the job. Then you want to testify in church. God gave me this job. No, God didn't give you that job. You stole that job. So when you get mad four weeks down the road, you realize you had a better job before. Don't come quit church and get mad because you don't like your job. Come on, somebody. Are y'all quiet this morning? Amen. It's the truth because you have to choose. And Paul was telling the church that he loved, I know you have this uh, Roman life. I know you're governed by Roman law. I know you practice Roman customs. I know you feel right at home in this Roman society because of Roman citizenship or the legal status, I should say, you have. But Paul reminds them, don't take pride in your Roman citizenship because you have a higher citizenship. You have a citizenship that's above Rome. You are citizens of heaven. The Roman citizenship greatly affects the way you live. Even more so, your heavenly citizenship should change everything about your life. Oh, my earthly citizenship says this. If I owe, owe you, Russell, $1,000 and you forgive me of that $1,000, but Kevin owes me a dollar and I go to Kevin and I put him in jail for that, that dollar that he owes me. My earthly citizenship says I have every right to do so. But Bo, my heavenly citizenship says this, if this man forgives me of a greater debt, then I should give this man of a lesser debt. Oh, brother, no, you can't prove that. Yes, I can. That's what Jesus said. In fact, the man who was owed much, that man that he owed went back and got him and placed him in jail. See, we see it through our eyes. We tell people, I have a right to tell my wife this. I have a right to tell my boss that. Nobody's gonna tell me what to do. I've been here longer than you, but we use all these fleshly nonsense things and we think that we're spiritual by doing and Paul shows up and says, listen, quit playing church games. Quit playing worldly games. Quit acting like you're somebody because because your name is written on an earthly paper. He said, what matters this morning is that you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, then live like it. Real quickly, two points and I'll close. Paul warns them to walk in thereof in the way that would represent their heavenly citizenship. Let me tell you, with cell phones, you better be careful. Hello? We're working right now, Joey and, uh, and Brother Danny behind the scenes to take our service and after we record it to put it online. Some have asked about putting it uh, live. Well, you gotta blame Wahala for that because the, the, the internet technology has not got this far out here yet, has it, brother? Amen. And I'm being truthful there. But I, you have to watch everything you say because with a cell phone recording, it'll be all over the world in two seconds. And so we're living in a time that Paul says you've got to walk a certain way because there's people that are trying to come to you and they're trying to take you away from the truth of the gospel. And Paul warns them about those people right here. Remember what I said? They weren't given away to false doctrine. They were just pushed away to false teaching. It wasn't the whole lump, Michelle, that was being spoiled. It was just a little leaven, Cameron. But you remember also what the word says. A little leaven spoils what? 
about five people with me, the whole lump. And so Paul writes to him and says, listen, I want you to live according to where your name is written. First of all, he says this, Christians must not live as a citizen on earth in verse 18 and verse 19. Why? He said, because there's false teachers that have come to you. Paul said, I warned you and told you about their false version of Christianity. Acts says that Paul told them, he says, I'm worried or concerned that when I go, that grievous wolves are gonna come in and try to devour the flock of Jesus Christ. So Paul writes to them because they were so earthly minded they were professing to be Christians, but because of their claim of Christianity, they had bought into new teaching that gave them a license to sin and nobody could check them on their license to sin. Are you listening? Now, Romans 14, I'm gonna bring to you a series before long. And it says to them, whatever you eat or drink, let a person work that out with their own salvation, but do not let it divide the church. I understand that. I'm not talking about personal convictions. I'm not talking about something that you do that I don't or vice versa. I'm talking about a behavior that people, when they look at you, they cannot tell whether or not you've ever touched, tasted, or seen the blood of Jesus Christ in your lifetime. We have people that claim to be so holy. I'm not perfect. I sin just like you. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. But sooner or later, if I'm your pastor, I should in my actions and attitude resemble that I am a child of the Most High King. Paul says when people have an earthly mindset, you know it. Why? Because as a citizen, they live in such a way that's not pleasing to God and they bring confusion to the body of Christ. Let me break it down for you. What do they do, pastor? First of all, they're enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, for the word of the cross, they sung about this, is to those who are perishing foolish. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of Almighty God. Paul said, I want to know him in the fullness thereof, in his sufferings and the power of his resurrection. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we have the power to overcome anything in our life. Why? Because if God got up off to the grave on the third day, there's nothing that you and I cannot overcome in this lifetime. No drug, no alcohol, no sin, no pornography. There is nothing that you and I cannot defeat through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are walking around as second class citizens when we serve a first class God. We're telling people that we cannot do this or do that. Oh, I'm going to be like my daddy. I'm always going to be this. I'm always going to be that. And I've come to show up this Sunday morning to let somebody know I was just like them. I was one of them. I've got their earthly DNA. But about 20 years ago out of order, I began to change my DNA. Now I have a heavenly DNA and the blood of Jesus Christ lives inside of me. The cross is a central principle of the gospel. It is where we hang our hat. It is where the proud come and humble. It is where those that are good come and die to be great. It is where those who are right in the world, they confess their sins because they are not right with God. We cannot save ourselves. Therefore, our earthly philosophies and doctrines will not suffice. I don't care what you give to the Red Cross. I don't care how many animals you save this year. Pastor, you're being mean. No, I'm not. I want you to save animals. I think it's a good thing. My mama will save every animal in Society Hill, South Carolina. My mama will go to the store, I'm telling you the truth, and buy dog food from a lady to feed that lady's own dog because she don't think that lady is feeding the dog enough. Now get that. 
Yeah. I'm like, mama, she can feed her own dog. Oh, baby, I, I know, but I just believe it's my duty. I, I commend you. I want you to feed every child that you can. When the TV commercial comes on and you start crying, and if you feel led of the Spirit, bless your heart, you go after it. But you hear me, good works will not get you one inch off of this ground. I don't care what you do, who you know, how many Facebook blesses you send. You can bless them in and bless them out all day on Facebook. But unless you've been to the cross of Jesus Christ, you have not been transformed. And they that have not been transformed have not been saved and they who have not been saved cannot be sanctified and those that are not sanctified cannot be filled with the spirit therefore they walk in the flesh and not in the spirit you want to know why we're fighting against each other you want to know why the America seems like it's coming apart at the seams is because we got people who claim to know Jesus Christ on every side of the aisles let me put that out there before you think I'm preaching about somebody we got people in high places that do not know the voice of almighty God I'll take one granny with a bun on her head in a black in a back closet knowing the voice of God that I will with somebody that I know in Molden or Cleveland. Are you listening this morning? The cross still makes the difference. <laughs> Two, quickly. Not only did they despise the cross. I mean, I could stay there. Don't preach on the cross. Don't talk about the blood. Don't put the picture of Jesus on the cross. Oh, God forbid, we offend somebody. They don't know about faith. They don't know about religion. We've got to cater to them, pastor. My goodness. We've catered so much that we've about got nothing else to give out to those that we're catering to because we've tried to hide the cross in a back closet. We tried to push Jesus in a back alley. We took the cross off the wall. We took the blood out of the Bible and we took the Holy Ghost out of the church and now we just sing kumbaya so everybody can be happy but let me tell you the only reason that you and I are here today is because that God has set us free and saved us by the blood of Jesus Christ I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ Dude. Paul says you can be earthbound if you want to but in verse 19 he says their end is destruction I'm gonna move very quick he is simply saying that their eternal eternal punishment will be in the end the lake of fire I know you can't preach that either I know it I know I just made somebody uncomfortable we invite people here you mentioned hell I know it you can't do that in 2018 but Paul did Paul said these earthly people who are sensual he didn't say perfected people Paul himself said, I sin. Brother, no, we're waiting on you to mess up. Well, I done messed up. I messed up many times, just like you had. Paul said, the things I want to do, I do not. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. But watch what he said he took himself back to for reconciliation. It's not perfection. But if you're a Christian, you should be different. Paul said, these people, they're in, it's, their citizenship is not in heaven. But in the end, their citizenship is destruction. We have people that will fight you today over things that will not matter five years from now. But let a preacher preach a true word and we'll run him out of town because he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said their God is their appetite. It means that they feed their flesh instead of their spirit. And whatever that feels good, do it. I tried to help a preacher recently. Him and his wife were in trouble and I reached out to him. I was asked to. And I told the man of God, I said, I will help you, but you've got to do a few steps. I gave him three steps. I said, one, you've got to separate yourself from all females. I said, you've got to take a few preachers that you trust and we will be your, we'll be your barrier. We'll be your hedge of protection. 
You've got to delete anything for females because when you're lonely, you'll mess up. Are you listening? I said, and I will stand with you and I will fight with you. I will stand in the office of Malden and Cleveland if you do these certain things. He said, Brother Nolan, I don't think I can do these certain things. He said, because to be honest with you, I've already got my eyes on somewhere else. I said, brother, then I cannot help you. I cannot walk with you if you can't separate your flesh long enough. I know it's hard for a man to be alone. I know there's certain things that men desire and women desire, and that's not unholy. It's biblical. Paul said, in fact, your body don't even belong to yourself. Your body belongs to your spouse and vice versa, that we will not give away to lust of the flesh. It's what it says. We don't preach it, but it's what it says. Are you listening? Except for two times if you want me to break it down. And I told that man, though, I cannot help you because you don't want to help yourself. You don't want to sacrifice for a year or two or three so you can walk in heavenly places because it feels so good right now to taste of the flesh. You hear me? Those are the people you better be careful for because they will sacrifice the eternal for the pleasure of the temporary. But the temporary will not last. The temporary will fade. And then you've got to deal with the pain of the temporary. Give me about five people this morning who say, Pastor Nolan, my name is written in heavenly places. And therefore, that's what I fill myself with. Stay with me, I got 10 minutes. Look to your neighbor and say, he's got 10 minutes. The last thing he said, they set their minds, verse 19, on earthly things. Everything as it affects them on earth. They're enemies of the cross. They're headed for eternal destruction. And they live for whatever pleases themselves. If I don't want to come to church, I just don't come to church. If I want to cheat on my wife, I'll just cheat on my wife. Brother Nolan, you don't live with me. I'll do what I want to. Listen, I preached the last three messages on encouragement, hadn't I? So you can't get mad today when I'm preaching this morning. Amen? (laughs) Paul said, follow me. Listen, last point. Paul said, follow me. Why? He said, because there'll be some at North Wahala that will say this. And I see it on Facebook all the time. Jess put something nice about me on Facebook. She said, why didn't you post about that? I got in trouble. I said, well, baby, I can't stay on there about three or four minutes. And then somebody's gonna put some nonsense on there and I just can't get in the flesh. Are you with me? Like somebody posted the other day, I would go to the church, but since there's all these hypocrites in the church, I just can't go. So I'm gonna stay at home and serve God. That's a lie. I'll prove it to you. Ralph, I got 10 $100 bills in my pocket. 10 $100 bills. One of those is fake, nine are real. But I know since you don't want to be a hypocrite, you're going to let me keep these 10 because you can't take risk of one of those in your pocket being fake, right? Yeah. He's about to run in the spirit right now. Did you see him back there? I'd be down there so quick at Community First to bar front of Sheila Galloway. I'll say, Sheila, I got 10 right here. You find out the one that's fake, I'll give you one. I'll tithe off the other one. And then me and Sister Nolan, we're going to Dollywood, just like that right there. But you can't come to church. You know why? Because there's too many hypocrites. Paul said, do away with that nonsense. There's somebody at North Walhalla. There is somebody at this church that is worthy of double honor. It's not the pastor. Most likely, it might be a Carolyn Morgan or somebody like that who's faithful, who's been faithful. Paul says, you follow them. You do what they do. You see what they do. Quit telling us where well, our preacher's going to fall. My Sunday school teacher quit and the deacon had an affair. That's going to happen to Jesus comes. But that gives you no reason, no reason whatsoever to not serve God. Why? Because it's not about earthly things. It's about heavenly things in Christ Jesus. 
Now, listen, I told you about the earthly things. Now, the last nine minutes, let me tell you about the heavenly things. First of all, we have, as I said, we have God, good, given, earthly examples of people who've been faithful. He said, join me by following. Later on, he would talk about Barnabas and uh, Timothy and Ephroditus. Paul named names of people that are worthy to be followed. Some of you young people listen to me this morning. Why don't you listen to me? I know sometimes that there's a new debate whether we have to go to church or not. I, I get that. I understand that church can be done a lot of ways. But the next time you don't feel like getting out of bed, there's a lady back here in a wheelchair. There's a man back here with colon cancer. And I could go through the church. Sister Gobble was in the hospital with a stroke. Others have just buried their loved ones. One sister just buried her husband and she's down here at the altar. So the next time you don't feel like it, there is an earthly example where Paul says, this is what we do. Don't wait till the car wreck to come. Now, I want you to come. And if you don't come till then, I'll still take you. But why don't you come faithful? If we have church long enough, God will bless you. And the Baptists and the Presbyterian already, already be gone from the steakhouse. And you won't have to wait in line. <laughs> now somebody said I was putting them down they're our brothers in Christ that's not what I meant <laughs> my whole family is Baptist listen to me secondly not only is there God, godly examples he says we wait for what they've sung about the coming of Jesus Christ listen to me all you that are struggling right now you say brother Nola I'm in a hard season your, this earth is not your home all but 2nd John 3rd John the book of Philemon in the book of Galatians, speak about Jesus Christ coming in bodily form. Outside of that, every book of the New Testament speaks about Jesus Christ coming in bodily form. He is soon coming. Don't get caught up in worldly games. Don't divide your Thanksgiving dinner over who the governor is going to be. I'm telling you this, if this mayor doesn't get in, I'm moving to West Union. Well, bless your heart. By the time you get to West Union, they'll be already traded mayors. And most likely, if it's like most of the government in the South, they'll just switch places. Okay. Listen, we, we, Strong Thurman would still be in office. Are you understand what I'm saying this morning? And he's from where I'm from, so don't, don't you understand? He's telling us this morning, put your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on on Jesus. He is soon coming. Quit fighting over things that don't matter. This earth is not your home. You are a stranger, a foreigner, a pilgrim. You're just passing through. Lift your eyes up to the hills which cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord, the Lord who made the heavens and the earth while the world is fighting over games and nuclear wars and who's in control and who's in charge. Can I put them on notice this morning? My God has already put his foot on Calvary's mountain. They may not know it yet, but he's already been crowned the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is in control today and worthy of all praise. Stand with me all over the house, please, as I close. If you're not willing to be subject to him now, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, one day you will be in subjection to him and he will reign. Lastly, as I close, he said, stand firm, therefore. Since 
You are a heavenly citizen. Stand firm in God. That means don't let nobody divide you. Don't let nobody pull you in a back corner. Don't quit because you're losing your eyesight. I don't know why I say that, but I feel pressed. Don't quit because your earthly temple, the outside is decaying. He said, but the inward temple, Brother Wade, is being renewed day by day. You're not gonna live here forever. I do not look like I did when I was 16. My body is changing. I washed my wife's car this week and pulled my hamstring. How do you do that? I used to wash cars every day for my dad, wash his log trucks, wash things every weekend. We washed it. Didn't make sense because of money. It was going right back to the woods, but my dad made me. Now, one car wash and my body's falling apart. That's us. This world's not our home. We're fighting about what citizen we are. And I'm telling you the day you belong to a different kingdom that has different mindsets. The earthly kingdom says an eye for an eye. Stay in the old covenant. A kingdom mindset says we live in the new covenant. And if they ask you for your coat, give them your cloak also. They ask you to go one mile, you go two. I ain't picking them up the church. They have a bunch of gospers, heathens. I don't want them to come to church. They don't look like us. I don't want them to do that. He says if they ask you for one mile, go two. That's an earthly mindset, a kingly mindset. Earthly mindset is don't like the preacher, hold your ties back. Don't like the preacher, don't like Danny, don't like Russell, don't like Diane, don't like yourself, I don't know. So I'm just gonna be mad. That's an earthly mindset. A kingdom mindset is pray for those that do you wrong. Pray for those that have all against you or you have all against them. That's a kingly mindset. That's the difference. So I ask you this morning, what citizen are you? I told you at the beginning of the service in Juarez, yesterday there was a boy born. In El Paso, right across the Rio Grande, there was a boy born. Both of them born on the same day, but born in two different circumstances that will have two different sets of benefits. Now, nothing political, just facts, just facts. But also this morning, you know what I believe? Somewhere in a church of God in Juarez, Mexico, there's a man who will walk to an altar and confess his sins and God's gonna save him. Somewhere in El Paso, there's gonna be a Baptist, Presbyterian, Church of God, some, it doesn't matter, denomination. There's gonna be some man walk to an altar and give his life to the Lord. Both of them are gonna have a new birth with a new birth certificate. You know what the difference is on their benefits? Absolutely nothing. Because their name is written in the same book the Lamb's book of life. The blood can do what nothing else can do. It makes us one in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad you're a citizen of another country? Father, I have preached your word today. Ah, one that you don't hear preached a lot. One that I've never preached, but I felt pressed to preach. I want to remind this great body and this great church, you're doing something behind the scenes to get us ready for a harvest. God, as demographics change and as structure changes and as life changes, we got to be careful, God, that we don't see what you're doing. And I don't want to be like Saul. I don't want to kick against you. I want to be like Paul. 
and work with you in the kingdom. So Father, I pray today that we remind ourselves we have a heavenly home because we have a heavenly mindset in Jesus' name. As I give this altar call, I don't know if y'all used to do this, Brother Russell, up here, but in the low country, some of the African-American churches at the funerals, you know what they used to do? They would have a transfer of citizenship. The church would actually, at the, at the uh, funeral, somebody would stand up and make a motion, a deacon. You've ever seen this? you never seen this? They would stand up and say, I would like to transfer Danny Knight from his, his name at the North Walhalla Church of God and we would like to make a transfer his citizenship in heaven for now and forevermore. It was just a ceremony. It was a ceremony of what already had happened. Today there are people in this audience that would not happen for you because you don't know him. But today you can know him and your name can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Would you bow your heads with me quickly, please? Father, I'm giving an altar call for salvation for people to be changed and saved. Right now, on the count of three, would you get out? I'm not judging you. I don't care what you did last night. I'm not in your business. I'm not gonna inspect your house. God will walk you. God will lead you. The Holy Ghost can show you what I can't show you. I just want you to know that when you leave here that your sins have been forgiven. Would you step out one? Would there be any saints? Pray with me, please. Two, don't you leave here lost. Three, step out, step out. If you don't know him, if you don't know him, if you turn your back on him, if you're not walking in the fullness thereof, would you step out one minute to close? One minute, one minute, all the calls given to you. You. One minute, would you come quickly? Saints, would you pray? There's people here that need to know him in the fullness thereof. Would you pray? Pray, saints, pray, 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 pray. 30 seconds to eternity. Where would you stand? 30 seconds to eternity. Don't worry about what you gotta give up. When you get saved, there be things you lay down you ain't gonna worry about. Come on, come on, that's praise. God in this house, my Lord, we give you praise. Can we give you praise? Can we put our hands together and give God praise? Pastor Russell's making his way to the front door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A strange word in a difficult season just became a right on time word for an individual. We belong to a different country. That's why when some of our loved ones die, Doctors come by and say, we don't know what they were saying. Pastor Wade, I've heard doctors say they were speaking languages that we don't know. Seeing things, talking to people that wasn't in the room. But what they don't know is that our name's been written to another place. This world's not my home. Not my home. Not my, I feel the Holy Spirit in this house. I give God praise for this. Joe, I want to commend you through all the ups and downs of your life like ours. You continue to be faithful to North Walhalla. I want to commend this church for continuing to pray for your wife and family. And before long, we'll have all the singletons from Salem here at church. Amen. 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 God's grace is sufficient. Thank you for allowing me to preach. And I felt like you received what I was saying when I posted on Facebook when I was preaching, my phone began to blow up of people thinking of something political. But those who know me know that would never happen. I was preaching about heaven and heaven alone. I love you today. Listen to me quickly. 
We do have a spaghetti dinner for missions. Go by if you want to make a donation. These are good people doing God's work. We have a bunch of mission trips. Brother Tim is getting a mission trip now from Mexico to an orphanage. We're excited about that and lots going on. This afternoon, prayer meeting will be here at five o'clock for those who want to come pray. Anthony Holbrooks is at home this morning with a migraine, the worst he's ever had. He needs our prayer. He's leading our church family at Wahala Gardens. He needs a touch of the Lord. I'll be meeting those or a leader, most likely myself, as I do normally. Normally, Sister Romeo and myself, we meet here for visit our shut-ins. We have a few that we still need people to go to. We have some that's already been claimed, so to speak, where they want to go to the people they love. But our shut-ins, looks like last week with Sister Iona Nichols that was on the screen, we already working for July, putting their picture up there throughout the month. We love our shut-ins and those who can't be here. They belong to us. They are our prayer warriors, our faithful people. They send their offerings and tithes in like clockwork, I'm telling you. They love this church. We don't want you to not know them. And we want them to know about you, amen? So we're going to visit them this afternoon. If you would like to help me, we still need a few more people. Father, we love you. We thank you. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. I give you praise for one. I was reading yesterday when a woman got a broom out. She'd be in the suite of the house. She had 10 coins, but she lost one. And that coin represented some theologians a necklace if you take away one coin, then it lost most of its value. But when you added, God, that coin, it was complete. Now the family's complete, God, because the house has been swept and the coin has been returned. To God be the glory. Great things you have done. The church said, amen. If I don't see you tonight, I will see you Wednesday night. I'll be teaching again. God bless you. You're free to go.